0: What drives you? What inspires you? Let's Ignite Your Why. Welcome back to another episode of Ignite Your Why podcast. I'm your host, Austin T. Gullett, and we're here to have genuine conversations with authentic people to help amplify their voice and figure out what ignites their why. Today, we have the honor to sit down and speak with Nisha Whitcomb. She was born and raised in Harrisonburg, Virginia, and she graduated from Grace Christian High School and spent a few years upon graduation working in the church. Nisha currently is a business expert at Apple and an assistant soccer coach at Holmes High School. Nisha currently resides in Cincinnati, Ohio, and I want you all to give a warm welcome to Miss Nisha Whitcomb. Nisha, how are you doing today?
1: I'm doing pretty good. Had a busy day, but I'm excited to be here.
0: A busy day and it's only two o'clock, y'all.
1: <laughs> it's
0: two <laughs> o'clock. <laughs> no, I feel I feel like I have busy days all the time. And I've just spent the last two days just soaking up doing absolutely nothing. Um, I think the rain yesterday really helped me sleep all day. <laughs> so I'm
1: jealous. I was yesterday was also a busy day, so Hey. I think every day's busy for me. I don't know. I'll let you know when I sleep all day.
0: <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm telling you right now. Like me sleeping all day is very rare. Um, it's not the usual. I never really have downtime. But even like today, like I feel super like tired. If that makes sense.
1: Yeah. Well, just, your body like takes time to like re like reset. rejuvenate. Yeah. And reset. reset. Yeah.
0: I feel it. But let's just hop straight into this. So who is Nisha Whitcomb? What is your story?
1: Yeah. So as you said in the beginning, like I grew up in Rockingham County, which is a very small place in Virginia. Um, I am adopted, um, raised by a white family that they are from um, the, the West. So Texas, Oklahoma, Arkansas. Um, I was born in Virginia, so I wasn't, I wasn't adopted from somewhere else. It was a local adoption. Um, I'm the youngest of seven, so there are nine and a half years between me and my closest brother, and everybody by the time I was born was either in high school or beyond, um, so none of my siblings and I were really close in age, just was kind of me and my brother Greg. Uh, we were the only kids in the family at that point, and we were raised by my parents, but also by my sister, Rachel, who's 14 years older than me, so had a kind of individual childhood in the way that, We lived literally in the middle of nowhere. Um, Technically, we lived in grottos, which is literally a village. Uh, It's kind of weird to think about a village in modern times, but that's where I grew up, in the Blue Ridge Mountains. And we were homeschooled, and so we didn't actually get much... uh, Outside world time, I guess you could say all of my friends lived in the same neighborhood. They all went to the same public school. Um, They all hung out together outside of school. And then it was just kind of me in the neighborhood. My like first real kind of glimpse into the outside world and different cultures was either at church. Um, We went to church every Sunday, youth group Sunday nights or however, beyond what what age I was. Um, And then the second thing was soccer. Um, so before I was even in high school or high school and I went to uh Christian school and middle school and high school. So before I even got to school, I started playing soccer in like a rec level. Um, and that was like the first time that I had outside friends. It was the first time I really hung out with kids with families from different perspectives or worldviews. And growing up where I grew up though in that area of Virginia, like still was very, very, very white. And so as a black person, uh, it was strange to in every situation, in my house, in my neighborhood, in my soccer teams, and then eventually in my schools to be one of, on a good day too, but more often than not, one of one. Um, And so that kind of made me individualistic from the very beginning, um, especially growing up and even even beyond race, growing up uh, the only child. And most of the time growing up alone, too, because my friends were at school and I was playing with swords in the backyard. Like, so things like that. Very individualized. Okay, awesome. I I have to explain that. I can
0: just see you, like, in the backyard playing with swords. I was.
1: I made swords. By yourself, though,
0: right? I can definitely see it. By myself,
1: just running around, probably in a cape. I don't know. It just, like,
0: no, it just makes me, like, wonder, like, because, like, I had a sibling. Like, and and my brother are three years apart. And I'm the youngest. And I've always wondered like what it's like for only child like only child. Like yeah. only children. I don't know. I
1: really was an only child. I mean really <laughs> boil it like, down. I was.
0: But like it just makes me always wonder is like, what do you what do you do? Like and I guess yeah. like you just like have so, imaginary friends and
1: Yeah. I had a whole imaginary kingdom with lots of imaginary people in it
0: okay let me ask you this yes because like as we get older yeah like our imaginary like minds just like yeah. diminish and it's just like wild to me because like when we're younger like we have like literally we can put ourselves into like superhero mode and just like xyz yeah. and it's just like it's fun mm-hmm. and like now like that like i'm an adult and, like wow like i was a weird child
1: <laughs> i mean <laughs> Yes and no. So, for me, like, that ability... So, that's what I was going to say. As as an only child, I think you just learn how to have an imagination. You have to. Mm -hmm. Um, Whether it's talking to your stuffed animals, because I had like, tons, or in the backyard talking to your three imaginary best friends. Like, whatever, however that looks like. You just kind of learn how to entertain yourself in that way. But that's something that I've actually been able to keep as an adult. I still have a crazy imagination which is why like
0: roots, I still have imaginary friends.
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. I actually talk to real humans now, but I am an introvert, so maybe I don't talk to humans. I don't know. Um but like even now, like that just comes out in a different way for me. That mm-hmm. comes out in videography, that comes out in music, that comes out in writing books. Like whatever that's kind of my outlet now versus as a kid it looks like, you know, wearing a cape and running around outside. If that makes sense.
0: It does make sense. Yeah. I just like never really had to like fully use my imagination as a (laughs) child because I always had my brother who I like annoyed the hell out of. I love it.
1: I love
0: it. We argued and fought. I remember, I feel like me and my brother talked about this like on his episode uh, back in season one, uh, which was a long time ago, I feel like. But like my brother had like these animals, like zoo animals where he would like set them up and like pretend he was like at the Lion King or yeah, whatever. I those. And me being the asshole kid that I was would just run around and just knock them all down. Yep. Yep. My brother had so much patience <laughs> he would just set them back up.
1: <laughs> just continue on.
0: <laughs> yes. But uh, this is so random and so off topic right now. But earlier when you were talking about like where you grew up and you were saying like all the states that surrounded you and you said Arkansas, I literally just wanted to be like Arkansas because <laughs> every time I see that <laughs> Every time I see Arkansas, I want to say Arkansas because I don't know why. I just think it's funny. I
1: mean, that is how it's spelled.
0: Right? Right? <laughs> I'm end of discussion. <laughs> no.
1: ADHD brain. I love but
0: it. I think it's interesting because I always find it odd when I talk to people who are only children or like they don't have yeah. siblings like near their age. And it's just interesting to see how like our lives, like childhood, yeah. is like completely different. But I kind of want to like move into this next segment here because yeah. I feel like it's a big chunk of what we're going to talk about today. So what is it that truly inspires you? But more importantly, what is it that ignites your why?
1: Yeah. So for me, I think it's the ability to positively impact people. So whether that is coaching soccer with kids and watching them develop into adult humans that reason and think and turn into hopefully good people not just good players or even if that's writing music that helps people process their emotions or feelings or eventually i'm I'm working on it i don't know when i'm gonna finish it but eventually like writing a book about like what it's like not even just being a black person in a predominant white country but a black person being a micro minority in the south or even just being adopted i feel like that's kind of a avenue that hasn't been talked about enough and and maybe not explored enough and maybe not contemplated enough um and so what whatever that is for me like I, I everything i do kind of is with the perspective of how do i impact the most people in a good way um obviously everybody has negative impacts as well but Um, that's why I do what I do, honestly.
0: And I love it because I feel like I have the same mindset, Mm -hmm. um, especially when it comes to like coaching, um, or just helping the youth in general. Um, I feel like our youth is our future. And I say this every time I talk about our youth is like, they all have a promising future. It's just, we have to find ways to give them the right resources to be successful. And it's just interesting to see because there's so much growth for them. Mm -hmm. and especially like when you have experiences of being a youth and now you have all of these like tips and knowledge that you can give them it's just so interesting to me but there is one thing i want to touch on here you talked about being adopted as a child yeah i have a very soft heart for kids especially who have been in the foster care system because i work with them um but what was that really like growing up? Um, you yeah. talked about you weren't really exposed to the outside world until a certain time, but like when you were like those cultural differences and how has being adopted mm-hmm. helped like your overall.
1: Yeah. Nicheness. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I like it. <laughs> Nisha is a verb now. <laughs> um, so I think, so on one hand it, gave me a level of relatability with people who I wouldn't necessarily, I don't know, maybe not have looked for. Um, I'm looking back, you know, in elementary school and middle school, I actually had, like, three or four friends who were all adopted, um, either, yeah, they were all some sort of brown, adopted into white families, and like at some point we went to school together or maybe we, yeah, we all went to the same church. We all, some of us went to the same schools and just kind of knew each other from probably the age of five till now. Um, we're not all necessarily as close as we used to be, but, so that gave me like a level of relatability um, that I think is very specialized to that scenario. Um, but as a whole, I think, it gave me kind of the ability to maybe take a step back. I think people get so involved in their families and what their families are and the worldview that their family has. And they just kind of, I am, fill in the last name. That um, They don't really think about, wait, so why are we like this? Why are we doing this? Who am I? Who is my family? What are my friends? Um, what does that mean for me? So I think for me, I, I got the the ability to even at a super young age go, well, I'm not born into this thing. So I didn't choose it, but also I don't necessarily have to feel like I have to continue in this way. So for example, uh, my whole family, uh, and some former fashion was some sort of Christian at some point. Um, I think most of them still are, I don't know. Um, but i was like five and just decided that i wasn't couldn't have told you why couldn't have told you my reasons behind it um i just informed them that i didn't want to be a christian and i thought it was super weird that they were and that was that um and then as time went on obviously i was five so couldn't have been that eloquent but uh (laughs) as i got a little bit older i then became an agnostic and was like okay well god exists but like look at all of the messed upness of the world and like Clearly, he's not that involved. Um, and then I kind of, like, kind of liked the idea of Christianity. Didn't really super buy into it right away, but I got to start to meet kids that were my age that were Christians for like valid reasons, not just like my family's Christian, so then I am. And I was like, well, this is kind of cool. Intellectually, I think it somewhat makes sense. And so even still, my parents were Protestant. Uh, my sister was Catholic, and I had the choice whether I wanted to go to mass. Or go to service, uh, church, like Sunday morning church, whatever. Uh, and I chose mass. I chose Saturday night mass and still like went to church because I had to, whatever. But um, I essentially chose Catholicism. So the reason I say that, um, and obviously my choices are, are, are very different now, but at the time that's what I chose. And so it was kind of like, not that my parents gave me the ability to choose what I wanted to be. Um, But it was more like I gave myself permission to say this is who I am and accept it or not. Um, And I don't know if that is the case with every adopted person, because all of my friends that were adopted, even in the same scenarios that I was, kind of turned out a little bit differently in different scenarios because we're all individual people. But for me, that's what it looks like was like in every situation. And this is still true to to my adult life. uh, I choose who I am. Mm-hmm. And I choose what I believe and I choose what that looks like. And I'm not the type of person, which you already know this, but I'm not the type of person who's just going to be told, Hey, you have to do this. And this is why I'm going to be like, wait, why are we doing this? Let's, let's slow down and make it a conversation. And so I think like, again, like I said earlier, individuality was, I just kind of owned the fact that I was different. And when I became, I think really had this moment when I was 13, cause you, you asked about cultures too. So when I was thirteen, I started during the summer going down to Atlanta because my sister uh, married a black man in Atlanta and. So,
0: I can only imagine what that culture like oh, shock yes. was because think I've yeah. never been to Virginia, so I can't speak <laughs> of like <laughs> what Virginia is like. Yeah, uh, but I have been to Atlanta, and I can say it is that different. it was that va- it would be vastly different than what I'm imagining yeah. Virginia. So
1: just to just to paint the picture a little bit, I'd been to private school my entire life, except for being homeschooled. I just didn't know anything else, so it was polos and jeans and and boat shoes and very like
0: boat shoes yeah. <laughs> like Sperry's
1: yes Sperry's okay. just very white preppy um and I came down and went to Atlanta and uh wore my little outfit into a family gathering and I had this moment uh where I'm standing su- just surrounded by all these kids and I'm looking at them and they're looking at me and they're kind of doing this look of like who in the hell are you? And, and what,
0: what the fuck are you wearing? Well, literally, like, why are you here?
1: Um, and they just kind of, like, one of them was really cool, and she just kind of came up and she was like, hey, so, like, my name's this, and uh, where are you from? And I was like, oh, Becca's my sister. And she was like, cool. And that summer the, summer, the summer when I was 13, kind of began my realization that there's a cultural difference between the whiteness that I was raised in and not all blackness, but... A specific type of blackness that is just out there. Um, and for me, I realized that my personality, uh, the beliefs that I wanted to have, who I wanted to become, that all lined up with the blackness that I found in Atlanta. Um, and so your girl bought her first pair of, of, I think it was some sort of Jordans and just started to dress a little differently. The music changed from country to rap and just little details like that. Came back with a mohawk and purple hair. You know, just stuff. Just stuff happened while I was there.
0: <laughs> a mohawk and purple hair. Yeah. I can definitely see you like that. Trust and me. And I think, like, just going off of, like, the conversation we've had is, like, you are very self-aware of, like, who you are. Mm-hmm. And I think sometimes, like, it can be intimidating for other, for other people. Yeah. Because it's like you have a strong head and like you just like you're like this is me and you're like stuck to it where like I'm over here like I'm 26 (laughs) and I'm still trying to figure out who I am as a person like because I literally like I think it's just it's different I don't know how to really explain it everyone's different everyone experiences things differently and everyone has their own story and their own path to finding out who they are and I think every day we're growing, right? Every day we're having new opportunities and new experiences that help shape us into who we are. And I always think back to just, like, I ask myself all the time, is like, who am I all the time? And it's like, okay, like, sometimes I feel like I'm this, and sometimes I feel like this is what I'm supposed to be doing. And my mind's always going. I think it's just because that's how I am. I set high expectations for myself, so it's always, like, what's next for me. It's never, like, I'm living... In yeah. the moment, but it's kind of interesting to see how like you kind of figured out who you are over this journey. And I do have one more question before we get to segment three, yeah. uh, just because I'm very interested to see what yeah. that's like. Uh, so you grew up in Virginia and you're now living in Cincinnati, Ohio, um, assuming it's about 12, 10, 12 hours away.
1: No, it's
0: 30, like eight. Eight? I don't know. See, <laughs> I can this make
1: is, it in six.
0: Well, I don't know what part of Virginia you from. <laughs> See, this is this goes to show you guys how much I get out. Okay. Anyways, but you're still yeah. hours and hours yeah. away from home. Uh, so being out on your own, uh, how has that helped you
1: find yeah. out like
0: who Nisha is, and how has it really allowed you to grow as an individual?
1: Yeah. Well, so even the reason why I tell that story, Man, I failed. I'm
0: sorry. How? I just just dumb. keep going. Sorry.
1: Anyway, um, was, so even in that story, like the reason I, uh, the reason I share that is just because I I had to make a choice. That summer, I made a choice. I'm a black person, and I'm gonna find out what that looks like. That changed. I have blonde hair now. I don't have purple hair, and I don't think hair necessarily represents that. But when I was, so I moved out from my parents' house when I was 16. I moved in with my sister. Um, or no, I was younger. I think I was 14 when I moved out, moved in with my sister. Um, and so for me, like, and the reason why this has to do with what I'm about to say is I've always intentionally, not in, not an emotional closeness. my parents and I are actually pretty close nowadays, but, uh, I always kind of made sure that I had my own distinction of this is you guys, this is my family, this is the Whitcombs and this is Nisha and Nisha is this way and that's not changing. Um, and some things have changed. I've grown up a little bit, but now being in Cincinnati, I think for me, something that happened was I moved a lot, so in between turning eighteen and turning twenty four this year moved I mean probably twenty times in different Jeez. locations., um, I've lived in or been to most states in America. And I, like, left the continent for a while and went to Hawaii. So, like, part of that journey for me was the fact that I just never put down roots anywhere. And I would Mm -hmm. live somewhere for six months at a time and then be like, you know what? I'm bored. Bye. I'm going to X, Y, Z. Um, And so before living here for the last two years, which is a weird thing for me to say, uh, I lived at home when I was an adult for, like, a year and was, like, dying and was ready to go and then before that I lived in Oregon for one year exactly to the day um and so that whole all that transition really helped me learn a lot about myself learn who I was see myself in other situations um, and circumstances amongst a weirdly different amount of types of people um and then through that I kind of learned okay And these are the, you know, 14 things that have always been true about me in every situation. That must be the core of who I am. And sure, there's a lot of various things that have kind of changed and developed depending on the situation. When I was in Oregon, I tried to be as rugged as possible. And then I realized that I don't like the outdoors. Um, And so when I went to California, I like only went outside when I was on the beach, never anytime else. So it's like things like that just kind of have developed and I know what I like now. Um, So, to bring it back to living in Cincinnati, when I moved here, um, that was when I realized that I wanted to grow roots in something. I wanted to be in a long-term relationship, because all of my relationships up until that point were, like, a month long. And I was like, you know what? I'm bored. Um, And I would just either be broken up with or break up. So, like, whatever. And then, so when I moved here, I got into a 14-month relationship that ended pretty hard. Um, But even in things like that, like, I let myself find community. I let myself have friends that I was friends with for longer than six months. I just developed the ability to sit and relax somewhere. Um, and through that, a lot of the things that, not that I've been running from, but just that, like, get pushed off when you move all the time. And you're always going on some sort of adventure. You don't really stop and think about, like, oh, this is a piece of childhood trauma that I haven't thought about or haven't dealt with. Mm -hmm. Um, So for me, it was like the ability to even, which kind of bleeds into our next session, but whatever, like go to counseling and talk to one counselor for an extended amount of time and let her get to know me. Um, It helped me, shoot, be at Apple for a year next week, which is a weird thing for me to say. I've never had a job for longer than a year. Um, And so like things like that. So I would say to answer your question, like, there are all these things that I developed, and all of all of that self awareness. Um, but I didn't get to—I don't know—like learn how to have a community. Maybe, mm-hmm. maybe that's what I missed out on. That was very cool with me. Nisha and Nisha were cool. And I think it's just you because,
0: know? like, it kind of stems back to just just talking in this conversation. I feel like it stems from your childhood. Yeah. Right, you're growing up. Like you're yeah. used to being alone. You're used to being by yourself, being that only child. Yeah. So you never really had that sense of like community that yeah. you were, like searching for. I and mean, I'm-
1: even then, I changed schools like four times in like five years. I didn't get expelled. I just didn't like the schools. So like, <laughs> I just was over them. I was like, Mom, I want to, I want to, I want to go over there. I want to go here for soccer or whatever that looks like. You know, I that even meant that. My even my soccer teams changed almost every season for yep. like a while. So yeah, exactly. Like even when I was a kid, except for my neighborhood buddies, like there really wasn't any true stability in my life for most of my life.
0: It all makes sense.
1: Yep, it does make sense. It does.
0: <laughs> but I'm glad that like, you've now had that opportunity to like settle down and kind of hone in on like your community, finding your friend group, and finding yeah. that that go-to. It yeah. always feels nice. I feel like I've had this conversation on this podcast with someone else and I can't remember who, but it, it always feels good to have that like sense of community, yeah. like having those friends you could turn to, having those friends you can talk to and just yeah. kind of confide in. Uh, we kind of talked, you kind of mentioned it a little bit. So I'm going to go into the next segment here. Uh, it's definitely my favorite segment of the entire podcast. I'm um, huge mental health advocate, especially since this whole pandemic hit in 2020. Yeah. <clears throat> um, but just with everything that has been going on and just everything going on in your life, uh, how have you been taking care of yourself mentally?
1: Yeah. So mental health for me has been a whole journey. Um, started when I was a kid and my parents thinking a lot of, uh, making a lot of assumptions about mental health that just weren't quite accurate um, and so I've been super aware of mental health and since I was like, I don't know, I feel like really young. Um, again, when I was 13, I told my parents that I wanted to go to counseling because our family was messed up. Um, I was pretty precocious. It's a, it's, and it it's still true it's a it's a thing you <laughs> just kind of say what i'm thinking
0: <laughs> yeah you have no filter and then you just say it none you just say it how it is and
1: i will look you dead in the eyeballs while i do it and it's scary it yeah i feel bad um <laughs> i do sometimes even with you sometimes i've walked away from a conversation and been like i hope he's okay he'll <laughs> figure it out <laughs> anyway but yeah so i like literally told my parents like hey man we have issues i'm going to counseling find me a counselor they're like okay cool um and so my counselor pretty much was like that's weirdly self-aware let's talk more about that and so for me i would say even in high school like counseling was so huge for me uh So I had my like actual licensed counselor over here that I would go to. Um, And then I also just became like super close friends with our school counselor. So I would spend all of my breaks and free periods in her office talking about how crazy my life or my friendships were. And I think that's always carried over. If there's one thing that I love to do, it's talk. Um so <laughs> the opportunity just to sit in, a, in an office with one person who I like for an hour at a time and talk about all the things that are going on, so so crucial for me. Um and then something that I didn't know that I needed uh till this year was meds. Um they tried to give me meds when I was in uh high school and I did not take them. Um don't know if that helped or didn't help, but whatever. But now as an adult, I've seen such a, such a big blessing of being able to take depression meds. Cause your girl's happy. It's weird. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's funny because I notice when I don't take them, I'm like, Oh, I'm really grumpy today. And I'm like, I know why I just don't, I'm just not feeling it. Um, and then I take the meds. and I'm like, okay, yeah, much better now. Um, and so that's huge. And I think, That's such a, and and this could be a whole other podcast, but there's such a weirdness, taboo almost around mental health in the black community that I think that is one of the things that I didn't have to grow up with that I'm so thankful for. And now has become one of my passions. Um, And like, I feel like half our conversations, even with our kids at homes and their parents will be like, yeah, X, Y, and Z. And I'm like, have you tried counseling? And they're like, (laughs) it's such an awkward conversation, but I'm like, yeah, please. So like, that's one of my biggest, just like you, like one of my biggest things that I advocate for is like, dude, just go talk to a counselor. Even if you don't need meds, even if it's not something that like, you're like, I don't know. People just, okay.
0: So people just, I feel like people, I feel like people think that, when you go to therapy, it's because you've, like, experienced, like, a very traumatic experience. Yeah. When in reality, like, I know people who go to therapy just so they can vent about, like, whatever the hell yeah. they're going. <laughs> like, what's going on in their like life.
1: everybody needs someone to, smarter than them to talk to. And I think, so some, the excuse that I hear a lot is, like, oh, well, I just, like, talk to my friends. And I'm, like, okay, but I've met your friends and they're as crazy as you are. <clears throat> and, like, not saying that, like, a counselor's personal life, because I also have a lot of friends now that I'm of age where people have graduated college, which I think it's weird, but whatever. I have friends who are licensed counselors who hear people's crap every day. And they are weird, just like us, in their personal lives. But when you step into that office and you sit down in that chair, all of the... You know, five to eight to ten years of study in psychology comes out and it becomes your professional job. And so they don't give you advice like, yeah, just like go his car. They're going to be like, no. You know what? Have you tried like, I don't know, talking to the person? Like, so just having that like consistent um, advice that's not just. A crazy person. You know? I feel
0: like therapists make you think outside the box.
1: Yeah. And they can bring, like...
0: Because my therapist literally is always, like, when I say something, she's like, because... And I'm like, okay. And, <laughs> like,
1: right. Yeah. So,
0: like, she'll always make me, like, explain like, okay, like, for instance, I was talking about a situation and I was like, Rebecca, I'm getting to the because. <laughs> Don't even say <laughs> it. I'm getting there. <laughs> it's got to a point where, like, I like we'll talk about it and then like I can see her about to say something and then I'm like because I'm getting because there I'm getting, I'm getting there, there.
1: <laughs> It might take some time
0: but I will get there you know cuz I feel like I'm the type of person who deflects talking about my emotions and how I'm feeling um especially in person I hate it with a passion um,
1: <laughs> like, even right now, you just got super awkward. <laughs> I did. And I, I, I can
0: see, like, my... I can see my voice waves get lower because I'm talking about, like...
1: Emotions.
0: Yes. But, like, for me, I would rather, like, write it out and express myself in writing because it's a lot easier for me. Uh, I think the one thing that I've learned a lot over the past, like, year and a half is just, like, taking time. Um, you don't always have to address everything in the moment, I wish I learned that. Uh, Cause like for me, it's just like, I have like a 24 hour rule sometimes where it's just like, okay, like we can talk about this, but like, I don't wanna talk about it right now. Uh, And I also feel like I learned a lot when I was in like my emotional intelligence class, like leading with emotional intelligence Mm -hmm. in college, where it's just understanding like, okay, my emotions are hijacked right now. Now is not the right time to talk about this situation. Let me take 24 hours, sit on it, think about it. And then the next day I'm like, okay, I had time to process what just happened. Um, And I think I use that a lot with like my, like talker boys is like, when stuff happens, I'm like, okay, like we can talk about it, but not right now because you're mad. Our emotions are high. Let's talk about this tomorrow and we have time to think about it. Um, It's been a huge help for me uh, just in life in general, because (laughs) I feel like when you're upset and like your emotions are hijacked and you're at this point where you're fuming or whatever's going on, you have a tendency to not really think in the moment and say things that you might not necessarily yeah. intend on saying. And it just makes situations like 10 times worse than what it really needs to True. be. So it's just really, if anyone's out there, take time, process what you need to process. Um, people can be upset with you because you don't want to talk in the moment, but it's you're protecting yourself. And I think that's the biggest thing is like, sometimes we have to put ourselves first and it's something that I'm working on. And I think everyone needs to do, um, is it's okay to put yourself first and it's okay to take time and process what you need to process because one, you can't control what other people say. You can't control how other people feel. Um, so if they're upset, that's on them. That's what my therapist always tells me. Uh, so it's kind of just take time. Don't, Everything doesn't have to be resolved in the moment. Um, It could be a day or two, or whenever you, whenever you're ready. And I know I just kind of went on a tangent and was preaching, (laughs) but (laughs) that is how I feel. And I feel like everyone needs to kind of just hone in on it and just take time for yourself.
1: And I think what you're saying too, like, also another word for what you're saying is just have boundaries. Like, if you are not in the emotional capacity to talk about something don't I don't know I don't know how many of your listeners have iPhones versus Samsungs but on the iPhone like you can literally turn on a focus where you can only hear from certain people oh I have
0: that turned on all the time
1: oh I know I know you do and I'm like Austin this is an immediate thing don't deliver quietly Notify him right now I just I always call you twice always I know
0: because I always have it on So, like, I have a mode for everything. Like, I have one for when I'm sleeping. I have one for when I'm at work. I have one for when I'm at soccer practice. Same,
1: same.
0: Um, So, like, I have it because, like, there's, I don't know. I feel like my phone is always on some kind of do not disturb uh, just because, like, that's just me. It's
1: true.
0: Um, But, yeah. No, I really, boundaries are super important. And I think that's one thing, like, in coaching that I've kind of been trying to do is, like, I give... I'm not going to say names because I know they're going to listen. Um,
1: <laughs>
0: but I'll be like, you have three minutes and then we can talk about it. And it's not just like, it's not yeah. the fact that like, I don't want to talk. I understand like you're pissed off right now, but like, we're also in the middle of a game. So take your three minutes and then come talk to me, <laughs> you or know, at least
1: wait to talk to me until you're not on the field. And <laughs> that too. <laughs> <laughs> Take three minutes or just wait till we sub you.
0: <laughs> you know, <laughs> but no, um, I think this has been a really interesting conversation. Yeah. I feel like I've gotten to know you a lot better. And I'm pretty sure whoever has listened to this as well is getting to know Nisha Home. So my question for you is, if anyone that has been listening today wants to have a conversation about anything that we talked about, uh, what would be the best way for them to get a hold of you?
1: Yeah, um, I'm not going to put my f- phone number out there because that's weird. But feel free to <laughs> hit me up on Instagram. It's literally just my name, Rose Wickcomb. Um, also, I think on Instagram is my email. Probably just DM me on Instagram and we can go from there. So
0: You heard her. Slide in the DM. Also,
1: if you buy me coffee, I'll <clears throat> sit and talk to you for as long as you want. Actually, not coffee. <laughs> buy me a Red Bull and I'll sit and talk to you for as long as you want. <laughs>
0: okay okay red bull i can't go but (laughs) (laughs) you hand me a coffee but then once you get the red bull i was like i'm done (laughs) no 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 but thank you yeah uh thank you for taking the time out of i I guess your busy schedule because you said you had a busy day yesterday a busy day today so i appreciate you it has been a pleasure of having you on again so thank you thank you thank you i'm going to put all of nisha's information in the description below If you guys happen to reach out to her, please make sure you notate on how you found her. That way she's not super confused. Again, thank you for listening in. And always remember, find your purpose and ignite your why. Peace.